The following shir is being recorded for TorahDownloads.com, a project of the Yehudaman Foundation, Le'ilu'den Shemas, Yehuda Aryeh ben Yoshua Yakir. We've spoken the previous times. The big heading is different hisbonus that will lead you, that will lead one towards the moon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, we've spoken about uh, origin of the world. We've spoken about um, life. Um, the uh, difficulty of understanding inanimate becoming animate by itself, the complexity of animate itself, that was kind of the second issue um, that is uh, very strongly um, suggests to us that there has to be some someone that made that move. And the last part of this his um, boniness is going to be um, animal to man. Um, and it will lead us on to another topic of his phone in us that w- is, is in itself a, a very, very powerful tool for the herring of Kaddish Baruch and so on. But let's first take a look of man vis-a-vis animal. In, um, in a type of a material understanding of the world, meaning that the world is built in a transition of the inanimate to the animate to more complex animate until man is simply another version of animal more sophisticated in some ways they're definitely much brighter etc and but it's one continuum and man is not different than animal other than being a lot more complex and so on. Let's um, sit back and think about it and try to understand if we actually believe that and feel that way. The um, w- One of the very, very strong issues that have been um, discussed forever in the world of psychology, I guess, would be the right, or psychology slash philosophy, is the nature of the human mind. Um, one way of looking at the human mind is that it is a, just a very, very sophisticated organ. It's a brain, and the feelings and senses we have is not any different than the interface on a computer. A computer is a purely material entity, it has a screen that could have somebody standing and crying and talking. Um, the computer could put out an angry message, uh, illegal operation number 435, um, and, uh, and it could yell something. But down at the end, it simply is a mechanical entity that has a lot, a lot of creative ways of um, displaying. So the, the feelings and thoughts that we have are simply, um, that's what they are. I mean, when we see something, it's it's an interface, a very, very um, complex interface and a very, very um, pleasant interface of how we evaluate the right li- the, the light radiations coming from other places. If anyone has ever seen, for instance, a sonogram, um, an untouched sonogram looks like nothing that you are familiar with. An x-ray looks exactly like the bone. 
and you can immediately tell what you're looking at when you look at an x-ray. I mean, you know, anyone with any reasonable sense of anatomy could read an x-ray because it's an, it, it's an exact picture. A sonogram, on the other hand, is places where light bounced off more strong, less strongly. Unless you're really trained to be a sonogram, to read a sonogram, you're not going to be able to. So the human mind is simply uh, the, the machine that translates the light pulses into a, a picture, and that is what we see and feel and think and so on. Basis, that is a very mechanistic, very evolutionary um, um, sense of what the human mind is. It's simply a brain with an interface that animals may or may not have, and that's all it is. Do we really think so? Do we really believe so? Let's look at some elements that um, seem to set man aside from animals in a way that is not just a question of more complex, but a question of being of an entirely different category. Now, um, one caveat, I've never had the pleasure to have a conversation with an animal, and I'm going to be putting words in their mouth, and not really fair, but I don't have any other way of dealing with it. Um, we just need to be able to um, to define for ourselves what it is that we really feel um, is unique about man in a way that it's not possible to make a transition from one to the other. Let's um, let's take a look at some of the characteristics of human thinking that does not lend itself easily to a mechanical um, view. Let's start with the best thinking mechanical entity that we have. And that is a computer. Um, a computer uh, are progressing at marvelous pace and the volume of jobs they can do is um, unbelievable. I mean everyone uses a computer and we, we're very familiar with it and we're definitely extremely, extremely um, taken by how good they are. There are quite a few things that a computer can't do. And I believe firmly we'll never be able to do. And let's take them one by one and understand why they can't do it and what is it that makes the person unique. First thing is abstraction. For instance, and the truth is, one of one of the people that I think has sort of defined these things these ways is Descartes. Descartes was one of the early um, uh, proponents of what's called dualism, meaning that the mind and the brain are two separate entities. The mind sits on top of the brain, but it's not brain alone, or it's an entirety. And he pointed out a few things that he feels are unique to a mind that a brain could not produce on its own. And the first one is the abstraction where we think in terms of a law rather than a detail. Let's go slowly. Um, human mind has a program, let's, a program where, let's take a cockroach. A cockroach has, does not like light. So there's a cell that can pick up light. 
and it fires back to the cockroach pane of light and cockroach darts in the other direction. That is a mechanical function. Um, input, programmed reaction, light, <coughs> um, and so on. We can also, uh, um, the earthworms and the like can pick up certain patterns as well. In other words, if it's shocked enough in one place, it has a memory. Here not, here not, here not. So these are all very mechanical entities where we, um, we, we, we could, a computer could do the same thing. You could, you could definitely program a computer to, um, to do a robot to do the same. Go down the hallway. If you see a person, stop. And this is actually, it's not science fiction. This is done. Uh, you have these robot uh, um, things that bring medication and stuff, like in hospitals, you have these things going around. And the program that they, if they detect anybody in front of them, they stop. And, or they say, please get out of the way. Or if it's, you want to be more sophisticated, we can teach it that if hallway A has five run-ins within a minute, and hallway B does try hallway B. If hallway B has less, go with hallway B. These are mechanical entities, and a computer can work marvelously well with it because a computer is a physical representation of a physical entity. Each time light strikes um, its cell, or let's put it as so light is obstructed, an electric pulse represents that obstruction hits a register, the register turns negative, turns positive, and it's, it's, it's all I'm doing really is putting up a chalk mark for everything that, for everything that, I, that, that I've bumped into. It's, and that is mechanical to mechanical to mechanical. Man can start thinking in ways that we will describe as abstract. Um, it is it is it is a type when we make philosophical generalizations, not scientific ones, but when we start thinking in the realm of psychology um, or philosophy, we're beginning to talk about things that are um, not at all physical entities in the way that they can be represented by physical entities. For instance. Um, you could have, you could have in a limited way a computer act as a doctor, because that is physical um, entities. Um, how much temperature? How much blood pressure? Blood tests, um, and you could rate your pain from one to ten. It's mm -hmm. crude, but it, but it, but pain is, is is simply a strength of a certain nervous signal, and um, we can evaluate the patient and. The, the, the computer will certainly be a good by-the-book doctor. Could we imagine a judge or a lawyer being a computer? And the answer is no, because you're just not dealing with physical entities. There is, we, we do have, a, 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 we assume, we honestly believe that a, a judge, a decent judge, 
is not throwing dots to decide a case. Um, I will leave it to the professionals to tell me if that's the case or not, but certainly those of us who are not in the field honestly believe that people are making a, a, a judgment call. But if we ask somebody to quantify just how it, it, the law reads that if there are, you know, uh, if a certain crime was committed with malicious intent, um, malicious intent is a judgment, and there is nothing about malicious intent that we could possibly um, put into computer language. Um, it's 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 it, and it's real. We honestly believe that there's a series of gradations in how difficult it is. What about aesthetics? When we say that this painting, <coughs> this this is a very pleasing picture, and a large corpus of people will agree with it. Um, they're not. It's not a mechanical sense of what color it is. There's something beauty, um, harmonious music, which even though it, there's an attempt to reduce it to mathematical formulas, certain um, certain proportions, rhythms, but c certainly beauty doesn't work that well. And aesthetics is an extremely important part of our life. And um, books that are written well, um, th these are not, a science book that's written well means simply a, 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 a true science book can be done by a computer. Facts, theories, which are really patterns that, that, that predict the facts accurately, that's mechanical and mechanical and mechanical. The question therefore is, in what way could a mechanical brain, at the end of the day, the brain is mechanics, it's cells, it's neurons, mm -hmm. it's neurotransmitters, um, we can look at it as computer cells. How will you translate, what's the language that translates abstract ideas to the physical and vice versa? Computers can never do it, computers can never predict aesthetics. You can't ask a computer to say, will this room look attractive if you put a, an orange carpet, a, 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 a green sofa, and, and, white, and a white table. Um, yes? I, I'm, is really saying that <coughs> what, what we're talking about here is the communicative ability of humans versus the acknowledgement okay. of something being beautiful? Because animals can say, are attracted to certain things and unattracted um, to things. Well, animals, okay, um, it, 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 I'm talking about two levels. First of all, animals <coughs> are attracted to colors, to scent. In other words, the intensity of a color will attract the detracted. And um, the intensity, the type of smell. Th th it's at the level of gate. For instance, if beauty was um, having very orangey, um, colors, then a computer could do it as well. A computer could analyze the wavelength of orange and, and say which wave. But if beauty in, in aesthetics is a sense that somehow eludes. It's not any one particular point. It, this room looks harmonious. It looks inviting. It looks distancing. It looks... It is awe-producing. Um, I don't think animals have that. They, can, they are attracted to bright plumes, to colors, but I don't think I, I, it's you know I, 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 it's always kind of very linear. 
It's not he's a handsome peacock. It's just there's a lot of purple on his feathers. He's big. He's fat. He makes a lot of nice noises. That's, um, I think, the nature of a mechanical. We, we, A, do have a sense of things that cannot be translated into, into the physical. And um, the second part, and I think Descartes has this also, is language. Not, now, a lot has been said <coughs> about animals having primitive forms of language. Once again, that's the wrong, um, that's the wrong um, expression of language in this, uh, uh, of man. That an elephant sees danger and it, and it, and it uh, booms or taps its foot against the ground, that is a one-to-one -one um, tra transition. In other words, fear, bang, the other elephant hears the bang and runs away or runs to help, whatever it is, those are things that are not language in the sense that human language is, but it is a tit for a tat. And that a, a computer can be programmed to say, you know, I mean, we, we talk to computers all day long, and the computer supposedly says what we want to hear. Oh, I'm sorry I missed that. I'm having a hard day today. Could you repeat that again? Um, let me see. Let me tr ask you if you think, did you want to go to rally or did you want to go to whatever? Th th those, are, those are things that are um, point to point to point and you can translate them into language because basically it's, it's mechanical. But that's not language in the sense we're talking about. We also were able to express the word aesthetic. We talk about aesthetic because it's a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a fake. Um, some people have different senses of the aesthetic and different cultures, but there's a clear sense there will be things that will attract a person or repulse a person, and we cannot reduce it to any specific physical term that a computer could translate. That is, um, and I think Descartes also meant it when he spoke about language, I think that's the point he meant. There are abstract entities that we've been able to express in words and very meaningful words when I say I looked at the person and did not like the impression that he made on me um, we, we, we put a lot of weight on that statement sometimes we say that you know it's a mistake but it means something even though I can't describe what it is the person did not try to pickpocket me the person did not try to do anything and I say I feel that he's a criminal person um, these, these are feelings we have. I, I walked into the room and the room was very inviting, it's, or it's very foreboding, um, and so on. Yes? Again, is Rebbe talking about the ability to describe that versus the actual reaction? Um, I believe that the ability to describe it is reinforces the sense that it actually is an entity into itself. Um, don't I mean dogs like certain people and they don't like other people well usually they can be reduced if the person makes threatening noises um, and so on there, there, there are things that are very they're very simple pieces and to some degree the truth is um, the mind of an animal at some level the Ramban says possesses also a, a small amount of these abstractions um, yes Hi. down the hallway um, to the left there's an office there. 
so those are that is something that's very hard to see the um, brain in its own um, being the mind the question okay going one step further the sense of self identity in other words um, even uh, the sense of self is something that is I believe uniquely human for instance an animal doesn't reflect on itself it lives itself if it's in danger it runs it fights it snarls um, it, it it is happy when it's petted <coughs> but does an animal ask itself days of the cow what have you done with your life um, who are you are you going to survive it, the questions that allow us to self-reflect where the mind instead of becoming instead of just processing outside information such as um, colors sounds um, uh, tactile uh, feel um, senses etc we have a, a sense of self um, that's also um, something that we find it very hard to make that um, to think that that's mechanical we can now uh, we can we can argue that it's mechanical I could program a computer to say don't touch me you're hurting me and so on and so forth but we know darn well mm -hmm. that a computer does not have that type of feeling um, it, the feelings that we have about ourselves is something that or feelings in general is something that is way more than just complex um, complex interactions of cells um, can I prove it no but what does a person really think I, I think everybody agrees with us I think you have to talk yourself into it other than that let's go another step so we have abstract thinking we have our sense of self the next one would be creative thinking now um, let's explain this one as well the um, there, there, was a f there was a famous um, what we'll what, what call a famous problem issue uh, topic about in about can a computer um, it, it, can a computer ever equal man in intelligence uh, Turing was very famous and he's the one who um, basically put down I think it's the f I think his work gives us the following point um, l let's let's explain one of the issues where this comes out very very sharply so um, and this I've seen by somebody very famous uh, mathematician slash uh, somebody involved in this area is called Roger Penrose um, they tried to make computers one of the first things they wanted to use computers for were to generate random numbers for uh, lotteries lotteries are a big industry and there's always room to say it's not fair the balls rolling this that why don't we have a computer come up with random numbers and they realized then that there is no way to 
program a computer to come up with random numbers. Um, the, the, the reason for it is because a computer has to be programmed. And there's no way you can program randomness. Um, it's like uh, the famous old saying that the best spontaneous demonstrations are the ones that have been carefully planned. You cannot, um, you, you, you can't program creativity by definition. Creative is borrowed from Yesh Me'ayin. It, it sort of means coming from nowhere, uh, a complete breakthrough, uh, whereas programming means simply um, what I've said before worked out to the umpteenth uh, example in degree. So, um, <coughs> so generating random numbers is impossible on computers. Before um, you jump on me, technically, practically, it is done. But it's done in a very, very um, old-fashioned way. What, they, what they'll do is the computer will keep track of how many calculations have been performed by it. It'll multiply it by measuring some sort of white noise level. Um, it'll take into account the date and the place and the exact time to the split second, multiply it, square it. It'll, it'll toss around. What they'll do is they'll have, they'll draw on all sorts of things from the computer's memory and measurements that cannot be predicted from the outside. Nobody is able to rig it and mix it in a way where the spread of numbers will likely be an, an even spread without favoring any one particular number. So um, the, 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 it's simply, a, it's a program to produce numbers that the chances of getting numbers like this are random. But the type of randomness when we say just pick a number off the top of your head and you say four, 9,333, um, that, that's not computer. It just doesn't, it, 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 there's, no, there's no way to, to translate it as such. Yes. Basically, what Rebbe's saying is random by definition means there's nothing driving that. Right. It's that, not predetermined. But right. computers by definition need something to drive. Exactly. Correct. Now, um, do we have the ability to truly be have creative thinking? Um, the um, one of the theories. Um, obviously the people who feel very strongly about human beings being just mechanical and deny that there's real creativity and it's just mm -hmm. a way of, you know, when we say random, if we'd be able to figure out what's been going on through our heads um, last 10 minutes, the last 10 years, the last 100 years, we would come up with the same thing. Um, so that's random numbers. But creative pe thinking, people who write books that are powerfully new, um, with brilliant new ideas fleshed out in extraordinary ways, in an extraordinary story. Um, great, uh, somebody like Einstein, who, whose thinking was way, way, way ahead of everyone else's thinking. Now, can, can you counter that argument? I, I guess you could. You could claim and say, um, well, you know, it's, it's like the Rambam says, it's Marshall. If somebody thinks of a flying ship, it's because he thought of birds and a ship, and he put them together. Obviously, at the end of the day, every creative thinking can sort of be traced, like he thought of this, and then he thought of this example, and he thought of that example, and somehow one led to the other. 
Um, true, but computers have not been able to do it. Um, even though they're trying very, very hard um, to get computers to, to quote-unquote, not think along rigorous logical lines, um, it still doesn't work. It, there's nothing, there's, there's no way um, you'll ever be able to program a computer to write a book. Computers do spell checks marvelously. Um, not marvelously, because sometimes they say the spelling's right and the word is, is horrendously wrong, but that's all a computer can do. Um, a, a computers can do grammar when the laws are very simple, straightforward. They're not going to be able to tell you that this is a very good shock effect. They're not going to be able to be editors. They can't, you know, they can tell you strict grammar, but let's say you write a three-word sentence of um, then and only then, period. That has a very powerful sentence, but the spell check will tell you, no way, it's wrong. Um, but, but in language, it's a very powerful and that's good writing. Um, the, um, but, but it has to go by rules. An editor will look at it and say either wow or will say sloppy, um, you know, whatever. The, 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 these are things that cannot be translated into uh, mechanical things, which means that no matter how complex the brain will be, <coughs> a, a, a simple earthworm can avoid X amount of things and, and find food Y amount of ways. A more complex earthworm can do it 5X and 5Ys. A, a, a phenomenally complex entity will do 100X, 100Ys. But at the end of the day, this is a whole other level of thinking that is just simply not shayach to, um, it, 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 there's no way to translate to mechanical. So a computer can't do it because you can't translate all of these ideas into something mechanical. You can't give instructions and programming for something that is not structured and doesn't follow automatically. And therefore, we're going to have to uh, so obviously it is something other than a physical entity that has been paired with that. Um, the fact that the world contains in itself ideas, not just things, um, requires that have been somewhere. Um, even if the world, like going back to our first, um, one of our first points, if, even if the world was just atoms, but atoms have laws, structure, there is a concept that describes all atoms. Um, and that concept had to have come from somewhere. You know, we're easy to say that rocks just don't come from somewhere because rocks are just little rocks and atoms are just atoms. But there is an idea that defines and describes it. There's a concept. And we know the concept after we study the atom, we can describe the mechanism of the atom, what keeps it together, what, 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 what allows it to engage other atoms, to bond with other atoms, not to bond with other atoms, etc. Um, so that means there's a world of idea and design. We can divine that out of what exists. So somebody must have put it in to start with because, you know, th we can somehow think of things as existing forever, but ideas, concepts, plans, and so on are very, very hard for us to think so. Um, the, flips, the people who will argue this point 
will will say no. It's just your imagination. Just like when when a kid sees a computer screen doing something, showing something, he says that oh, the computer is doing this, computer is doing that, and you, you have to tell no. The computer is telling the monitor to do this, that, or the other thing. But what you see is not the com- is not the computer itself. Yes, you can make that argument about people and say that the so-called um, things that we see around are simply complex, um, you know, point-to-point-to-point type of um, patterns, and it's not really an idea or concept. You can argue it. I honestly don't think people feel that way or believe that way unless they really talk themselves into it. Okay, so so the 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 the, the um, move from animal to man introduces a whole other dimension into the world. It is a dimension of ideas, abstractions, creativity. Basically, going from animals in general to man is a transition from the mechanical or a slash mechanical patterns to a world of concepts and ideas that are, are described as abstract, creative. The, 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 we would, we, it, it is not, we honestly don't feel that a mechanical mind could produce these type of um, uh, entities because there's no way to translate it into it. There's no way to program creativity. There's no way to translate the abstract into an electric pulse, just like um, you can't have a computer do it that way. There's no way to translate more just, less just, more love, less love. Um, for instance, if you go to a doctor, he tells you that you need more exercise, and it can be very, very... Um, very specific. He can say, I want you to do 10 push-ups every six hours. I want you to lift X amount of weights. I want you to run until your heart rate goes up to this. This is very quantifiable. When you go to a psychologist and you say, um, and, he, and he tells you, you need to show your child more love, um, we would think it to be highly weird if he said, okay, three hugs a day. Um, you know, one on empty stomach, one on, on you know, after the meal, and I- you would say to yourself, you can't reduce it down to that. The idea is good. You need to show more attention to your child, more expressions of love, but anything more mechanical than that, we think it to be kind of very, very strange. So um, we live in a world that is not mechanical, and that entity is hard to explain as a continuity of man's mechanical side. Is really, just to yes. sort of try and tie all this together, would it be fair to say that the jump from um, man and creativity and abstract and abstract ideas and self-awareness, that jump from the mechanical you know, thinking or whatever of animals is similar to the jump from uh, inanimate in the evolutionary like description of things from inanimate to, a- to animate. In other words, um, yes, but it's it's an, e- it's an even greater leap. In other words, what Pinchas is showing, and I think that that's correct. I want to try to show is it's a whole other gap that the previous evolution 
can't cope with. So just like the mechanical, the, the inanimate to the animate was going from things to systems that, that organize themselves and do things. And, and, and it's not just more, it's not, it's not seen as more complex, less complex, but it's seen as something very different. Um, the same thing going from animal to man is extremely different. It also, and, uh, but it's a much more powerful way, um, it's, it's in a way that we can't describe, um, we can't even understand how it works together. I, I want to finish with a very famous Ramah who really, really expresses this idea. Um, the the Ramah says that when we make the Brochen Asheyotzar of Mafli Lassos, Kashbokh does wondrous things. The Ramah says it goes on the junction uh, of uh, the physical person and the spiritual person. And they are very, very co-joined. Let's give an example. If, 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 let's go one step before. Physical beings we can deal with. Uh, animals are physical beings, and you know they're very complex. They're wondrous. They're great. Fine. Uh, purely spiritual beings, um, we, we don't have a problem because since none of it is in the realm of our understanding of feeling, so fine. There are angels, and they're just pure thought and pure godliness, etc. Um, I, I may not be able to envision it, but it's fine. I, I don't have a problem with it. The joining of the two things that are totally of different nature really, really amazes us. On the one hand, if you knock out a piece of the brain, a piece of the mind is gone. Um, the person's, if a person starves, his middles suffer, and his learning suffers, and his understanding suffers, um, it definitely, without the brain, there is no mind present. I mean, there may be a Shemayim, but certainly not here. On the other hand, if a person has done something wrong, and it's between him and nobody else, he stole something, no one knows about it. He's, um, quote-unquote, conscience bothers him, he becomes sick over it. I mean, um, some of the great plays, Macbeth, is about a person and a lot of the Greek tragedies. Um, well, the truth is, a lot of world literature, um, Poe and uh, Dostoevsky, all, a lot of great literature is the extraordinary function of a person's own conscience um, beating him up when he, is, um, when he knows he's done wrong. Now, it's one thing I understand that if the cops are after me, I run and I get adrenaline pumps in me and I get very, very scared. Then an animal also gets scared when it's been caught or is about to be caught. I'm not caught, never been caught, nothing. And all it is is an awareness of the fact that um, I'm wrong and I've done wrong and I've done terribly wrong. And that will slowly affect me. I will, I could... Uh, run myself into the ground and die from I slowly lose my appetite withdraw into myself and so on only because the body has reacted to the understanding of that mind um, people are, um, are are ashamed um, bec not because there's any physical threat or anything involved physically but 
there's a deep awareness in the mind of wrong and the body goes along with it people who people will not uh, will risk their own lives for acts that we can deem as noble um, they are saving somebody they're standing up for justice they're defending motherland and the, 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 that sense is so strong it will cause a person to deny all of his normal physical reactions so here we have a bond between mind and brain ruach and, and, and ruach slash nefesh and guf that is incredible how does it, it's like if I would say you know did you just feel a, a, a slap on the back on, on, on your shoulders and say yeah well that was an angel but an angel has no hands he can't be touched he can't be seen he can't be detected anyway so how did I get a slap on my back from an angel um, how did the mind um, have such a profound effect on the body um, and the answer is that is the mafilasos, the great riddle, the great wonder of the world is that conjoining of two things that we don't know where the nexus could possibly be. Where could they be conjoined? It's like it's like shaking hands with an angel. How do you shake hands if the angel not it doesn't um, translate into any of our senses? So the, um, the 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 mind and body combination is an extraordinary phenomena, um, and once again. It's always easy to argue things psychologically by saying, well, um, that's the illusion created by the body and so on and so forth. We have to ask ourselves, are we honest? Do we actually feel that that's the case? Anyone who is honest feels that the mind is a world completely different than the body. It has in itself, um, it's, it, it's from a world of things that cannot be translated by things, and yet is co-joined and completely attached to it. Next time I want to speak about a very, very specific area that straddles both this field and goes way beyond it. It's a hisbonus in its own right. It's a contemplation that in itself should lead to a, a, a very powerful amuna, and that is morality. But we'll do that next week.